Hey, what's up everybody? This is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. We're bringing it back. Thanks Flippo for the suggestion. If you know you need only one of something in a game, check out the singleton pattern. The singleton pattern is a software design pattern that restricts the instantiation of a class to one object. This is great for things like game managers and audio managers. If you need some more information about that, take a look at the Wikipedia page for the singleton pattern. Game Devs Welcome to Game Dev's Quest, your once-weekly podcast chronicling our journey from Game Dev No to Game Dev Pro. I'm Josh, also known as My Secret Weapon. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm Taylor. You guys know me. <laughs> well, we Red's not here. Nope. Who who we got over there? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is I'm Josh, and this is a pretty yeah. big seat to fill. I mean, physically, he needs to drop a couple. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> he's not here, so we're taking shots. Oh man, hey, thanks so much for uh, for being here, Josh. It's weird calling you Josh now. I know. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows me as my secret weapon. So, yeah, you can call me whatever. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being on. Um, so, as you guys know, Rhett is in Europe right now. I think he's actually in Barcelona, which is pretty sweet. But in the meantime, we got some cool people joining me to fill the gap so today we kind of have a little bit of an agenda we're going to talk a little bit about omg jam 5 some of the other games um josh's experience with it and some general game dev stuff and then we'll just kind of see where it goes sweet uh so let's kick it off off with omg jam 5 uh tell us a little bit about the game that you guys made and uh your experience we uh we made a game uh what game did we make uh, it was Rock and Roll Evolution Trick or Treat Edition, and yeah. uh, I wanted to I wanted to do something like uh, whenever I could never get the recording in, but I wanted to be something where I I read off like Rock and Roll Evolution, the Trick or Treat Edition, <laughs> or something like that, but it didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a side scroller game where you uh, beat up trick or treaters with your guitar so that you can get candy to become a more powerful rock star. And that was pretty much it. So, like, yeah, we uh, we I don't know. After after OMG Jam Four, we decided we like going with a just off the wall, morbid but humorous kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> themes, and and we wanted to mix as many in as we could. Um, so we tried to do all three of them. Uh, I noticed that I don't know that a lot of people did Evolution as a theme. It was like most of them did rock and roll, and it looked like yeah. most people did a take on literally a rock rolling around. Um, I know, <laughs> which which was my first inclin you know my first inclination was to do that, and then the other guy shot that down, which is probably good. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, we uh, we had a lot more we wanted to do with it, but it's just you know time time really gets away from you in that short period, and and normally I take Fridays off to start them out, and I I don't have any time off left, so I I worked all day Friday, and then we got home and started working on a little bit, and you know went from there. Yeah, I. I work weekends, so I was I was able to get Saturday off, which was nice. Yeah. But <clears throat> well, and with uh, the next one, I'll have time off again because it'll be the new year. But yeah, but uh, the spoiler alert: OMG Jam Six is in the new year, not this year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know um, it, man. But yeah, it was also the first time I had the full team working because um, the last time my uh, other programmer had to work, uh, and then he had a wedding he had to go to, and 
He just wasn't able to make it through. He was off on Sunday, but by that point we were already done with it. So uh, this time yeah. we had all three of us working on it. So, nice. Yeah. So how did that how did that feel being full team? And and I know you before you kind of talked about being sort of in a producer type role or uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was kind of had to take a a director like approach, I guess, uh, which I think is what I put myself as in the credits. But um, because I'm trying to when we when we work together. I'm trying to let them emphasize their roles as the the program and the artist um, because I've always done it alone and they, mm-hmm. they have specific things that they're wanting to do. One's wanting to do more program, one's wanting to do more art. And so I'm just basically filling in where I can. So I put a lot of my focus in the UI, um, getting the scene set up. Uh, I did the background stuff for the game this time uh, just to help nice. out with the art. Uh, and I really enjoy doing the parallax stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. The cityscape was looking nice in yeah, the game. And, so. I had a I had a really crappy one at first that I threw in, and it was all right. And then, uh, and then I put this one in, and it wasn't looking right. And then I remembered to take off like the filter and and the the compression and all that, and then it started looking great. So, I try oh, to get the yeah. speeds right. That was that's always the trick because you want to you want everything to move the right speeds, but not so fast or so slow that it looks off. And, and so that's a lot of fun there. And then we had to find the music, and I did. Um, I, I was tired at that point, so I just uh, I handed it off to them. Like, here's some sides. You guys find some music, and and uh, my programmer delivered. He found a couple tracks that made it into the game that were really cool. Um, they were popping, man. Yeah, they I, were pretty good. I loved the music. Yeah. <clears throat> so and then, um, you know, so I did a lot more of you know we need this and we need this and and they delivered. So uh, it's definitely different from working alone. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So going forward, are you three planning on kind of? sticking together and and doing a lot more projects yeah we're, we're trying to i know that um i'm trying to kind of get them to make a bunch of crap right now which is kind of what you're supposed to do when game dev you have to make a lot of crap before you make something good and and uh um, yeah you know the the first thing that um that my uh uh programmer you guys know him as heavy 9428 in the discord he wanted to do an rpg that's what he's always wanted to do and which is fantastic but i've always wanted to do an rpg too and and having done this for a little while i know how difficult that can be and so i'm like well let's let's just try something small and uh i'm glad we started with something small because we've already hit you know some snags and challenges in between programming that it's good that we you know are are trying that out Um, but we're we're building and we're working towards it and i'm trying to encourage them and myself to to keep doing like tutorials and learning and researching wherever you can and uh, I promise them that if we finish the one we're working on now by the end of the year, we'll try something a little cooler. So nice. Can you talk a little bit about what you are working on? Uh, we're we're working on a game that doesn't yet have a name. Uh, it's basically a Roomba simulator. So you oh yeah okay yeah, you you uh, run this Roomba around the room, uh, pick up all the dirt on the ground before the time limit is up, uh, and make sure you don't run out of energy because if you run out of time or run out of energy, uh, you lose. Uh, and we haven't yet set, but there will be a like a percentage you have to complete within the time limit. Um, and we have it's a really cool feature that I like where you can toggle between top-down and first-person view. So the top-down gives you a wider scope of what you're looking at, and you can get a better you know idea of where all the dirt is around the room. And the first-person is really good for like getting under furniture where you can't see. So you can drive under couches and tables and stuff like that, and <laughs> all the dirt that's under there. And that's, I mean, that's nice. basically what it is. So uh, yeah. I've been doing trying to do some work with playing with lighting and the UI while they do all the rest of it, so... I'm trying nice. to give them a really good push to work on the uh, <clears throat> work on programming and art. So 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're doing it 3D, but I think that Sinoy, uh, our artist, really prefers doing pixel 2D. So our next one might be a 2D game. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. We don't have any any ideas. I mean, I have I have plenty of ideas, and we don't know what we're going to work on though yet. So, so how do you kind of like prioritize what your what your next uh, thing is? I guess, or is there what kind of process do you guys go through when you? You mean for you're... like just uh just working on the game in general, or for the next game, or how to? Yeah, like when you're starting a new game, how do you? What's like a brainstorming? Well, like in the session, look like I don't know in the in the game jams, it was they we just kind of pick a topic and say, well, this would be neat and this would be neat. And then we go between all the, all the different themes and then we find bits and pieces we like of each of them. And then basically as soon as someone finds something humorous, we just hone in on that. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as someone chuckles, we're locked in on that. And then we just build on that. So like uh, (laughs) with uh, OMG jam four, we did Satan stole my sandwich. Uh, And we did, what was it? I think we did the gravity and food themes with that. We did two out of the three. I don't remember what the third theme was, but, uh, we uh yeah i don't know why it came about like that but it was it was kind of like well what if uh you know what if satan took took our sandwich and we had to get it back <laughs> like that was it like <laughs> just you know as off the wall as we can make it and <laughs> so yeah yeah so i but for uh you know something that's not a game jam it's kind of like um uh we have a separate discord for the three of us and and we have a section in there where we anytime someone has an idea of any kind bad or good I encourage them to just type it down and then, um, you know, we will look at a couple of them and, you know, the last one we were making, we all kind of, I asked them, well, think of things you want to do, a game you might want to make. And I threw one out there, which was the Roomba game. I was like, well, I had an idea for this. We could try that. It should be simple. And we just kind of went with that. But, um, I imagine for a, a game that we have a little more investment into, it, it might be a different thought process. I'm not sure yet. So, cause this was made to be a game that's just kind of, a throwaway you know we'll, we'll yeah. post it wherever but it's not one that's meant to be taken seriously so it's just one sure, to build yeah. some skills and get some experience in it and, you know have another one for the portfolio um crab or not it's always good to have so you for know, sure uh, i was telling um i was telling them that the most important thing right now is to finish a game because there's so right. many so many game devs out there indie devs that uh you know, especially hobbyists that they make games and make games but never actually wrap one up or finish one and you know, hear the stories all the time about you know these guys will work on these projects for months and months and then just dump it and leave it and it never gets touched again i've, I've done that you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was I, working on yeah. one that was going great and i don't know why but I, lo- I way lost interest in it and i have not touched it since um you know and so it's really important to finish a game um you know we finished the game jam which is great but i, I would also like them to finish a game outside of a jam before we move on to something a little bigger right so that's what kind of what we're working on i say that i say that like i know what i'm talking about i'm i'm totally <laughs> <laughs> i'm a noob in all this too so yeah it's all good well speaking of that like how did you get interested in game development and and when did you start what was kind of your your path to get you where you are now well i, I started with game development um i actually went to school for it i was doing a game art i just it was a game art and design course i guess it was mostly focused on the uh the artistic and the design processes that go into making games and uh that schooling was a total disaster um i ended up way in debt with a school that cut the program out from under my feet um oh, man so but that's uh, you know and from there i um uh, i was like well i'm just gonna see what i can do on my own because I'm not really learning anything anyway. I didn't learn a lot from that school. I learned some cool stuff, but most of what I got was, you know, a couple of textbooks that had some interesting stuff in it. 
Uh, and I realized after that that I could learn more on YouTube than I could <laughs> from the school, and I have. Um, so yeah. I I did some research on game engines. I had uh, I had the UDK, I guess, uh, from from school that I used for a little while, and I, there was something about it. It's a really cool engine and a lot of fun to play with. And I don't remember what it was. There's was something about it I wasn't a fan of. So I started doing some research and I found Unity and I just started hitting tutorials as many as I could. And I'd go through like a tutorial series and, and mess around with it. And then I would try something on my own and then I'd go back through another tutorial and just keep doing that. And so I've been doing that for a long time, but it's been a really big off and on process. You know, I'll, I'll work on it f- game dev for quite a while and then I'll just stop doing it completely. And I don't really know why. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But, I mean, as far as when I knew I wanted to do game dev, <clears throat> I think that goes back to uh, way early in life. Honestly, I think the first time that I actually thought I wish I could do that was when I played the uh, original Legends of Zelda. Like, nice. um, I I always thought it was fascinating that someone created a fantasy world for other people to enjoy. Uh, you know, and I was a kid back then. Um, I guess Zelda came out. I don't know when it came out, but I remember playing it when I was like five or six years old. And that's when I started thinking how it was really neat that someone made that for someone else to enjoy. You know, someone put the work into it and and made this fantasy land for other people to play in. And I was always fascinated by that. And and then as time went on, I started playing more in-depth games. Uh, I remember the first time that I fell in love with a a landscape in a video game was actually Morrowind. Um, (laughs) You know, Rhett would be so proud of you. And it was just fantastic. There was, you know, hills and mountains and, and houses and trees and just all these things in front of you. And back then with those graphics, the, the landscapes were just beautiful. And, uh, yeah. and, and from then I kind of realized that I really, that was one of my favorite things in video games. I love landscapes and world building and level building. I, you know, I, I'll walk into Skyrim or Oblivion when they first came out and I would just stare at the landscape and walk around and look at the logs and the trees and the rocks for <laughs> hours, just knowing that the, you know, a lot of that tan craft that I've seen some of the, like the dev series for those. And mm-hmm. these guys literally, they'll put every rock down on the ground by hand, you know, yeah, it's, it's insane. It um, is. And so that's when I knew I really wanted to make games. When I really knew I wanted to, uh, was probably Morrowind, but I had a severe interest in it from the time I was old enough to play video games. Awesome. One thing you said kind of mentioned, uh, reminded me that there's this. Have you heard of Strafe Fox? It's a YouTube channel. I'm, I might have. It doesn't ring a bell, but I'm sure I've come across it once or twice. Oops. Huh? Sorry, I just I just hit a button and and <laughs> don't hit buttons. All kinds of sounds started blasting in my ears. Uh, <laughs> what are you listening uh, so to? It was some random like synth stuff that uh, came up when i when i opened stray fox but are you sure it wasn't something in incognito mode <laughs> yeah i just i just leave those open at all times <laughs> uh but no they have so stray fox has a bunch of making of series uh-huh. uh that are super cool i think i posted the making of legend of zelda link to the past yeah uh in the discord if you haven't seen that check it out and oh, it, yeah, it talks a lot it. about uh is it Miyamoto? What is his name? Yeah, I think that's it is right. Miyamoto, right? I think so. Uh him coming up with like the ideas that he had and and bringing back these nostalgic memories of him like exploring caves and stuff when he was a child. Nice. And like all of that is baked into Zelda, yeah. which is just so cool, oh, you yeah. know. It's it's really awesome that real life stuff is what 
you know shapes these video games yeah. so you're really getting in the head of the creator you know so. well it's funny too we uh you know working on uh, just on these small games you start realizing even just how much time went into something like zelda it looks like such a simple game but that had to have taken a little bit to make even with a, a you know reasonably sized dev team i don't know how many people actually worked on the original legends of zelda it couldn't have been very many you know because yeah. that was back in the time when people were saying that you know gaming was a fad and it would never make right. it so there couldn't have been that many people working on it um you know and that uh i remember reading somewhere someone said that the what was that i think the devs said that they originally thought that that game was going to be too hard for gamers too I always oh, thought really? that was funny. Uh, I don't remember where I read that. I have to look up the link for it. But um, you know, and I I remember just playing through that game. Just uh, it was, I don't know that it was ever really hard, but it was such a good challenge that I I realize now that video games back in the day are like way harder than video games today. Oh like, yeah. I don't know if you've gone back to the old NES games and tried to play some of them. Like some of them mm-hmm. are damn near impossible. Like seriously, I know, I know. <laughs> you pick them up. Like I remember this game, and then you get smashed. And it's like, how, how did I ever play this? Like, yeah, like it's insane. Yeah, it is. It's crazy because back then, like, it was they didn't have the the craft refined well enough to, you know, try to just appeal to all these masses that they are now. Which you know, you hear all this stuff with like the new Diablo coming out and it being pushed to mobile and people being so upset. But the whole goal behind Diablo Immortal is to get it in the hands of more people. And, right. you know, and back then it was just kind of like, I, who even knows what kind of level of game testing they had? Right. I'm sure some games were rolled out and had none, right. you know, <laughs> like it was just the programmer like that feels good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ship I mean, there, it. Yeah. There couldn't have been, you know that much uh, that went into the testing, which I guess is why you, a lot of older games. You even look at like um, back with the SNES. I'm um, not the SNES, but the N64. Even up to that point, um, there's so many glitches in so many of those games. I don't know if you've seen some of the speed runs where people have found these ridiculous glitches <laughs> where they can just you know hop three times this way and jump this way and then swing your sword and then you glitch through a wall that gets you to the end of the game like it's ridiculous how, how do people find these things and yeah, like man. which shows you the level of testing couldn't have been as high as they are today uh because someone you know some of these glitches too it's it's i don't know it's wild but even now yeah. you look at uh the qa teams that people like bethesda have and every single one of their games comes out just riddled with bugs like every time yeah and it's it's come to a point where everyone just accepts it too which i don't know if that's a good thing but <laughs> yeah some of it too though like can you imagine the witcher three like oh qa testing that like they talk in blood sweat and pixels they talk about just like the number of of threads of dialogue yeah. that you'd have to go through and manually test and at some point you just have to kind of give it up to faith like right. oh, i'm pretty sure this is gonna work well yeah but when you give it up to faith that's when you start uh, getting people later on reporting that there's typos or there's this or that or you know yeah like they have to catch all that i remember one time wanting to really thinking i wanted to be a qa tester and then i got a good read on what they actually do and i'm like yeah no that sounds terrible that sounds like a really good way to never like video games like seriously right i know (laughs) this just sounds awful (laughs) oh man yeah oh and that whole diablo thing i don't have you ever watched the videos for that uh for that conference uh i watched all i watched was a trailer of it which is hilarious it's yeah, hilarious. I, well, 
I listened to the Coffee with Butterscotch episode and they got into it and it sounds like so brutal, you know? I, I, it, well, I don't know that I've literally ever heard a crowd boo <laughs> and they did. Like the guy, you know, he he's getting up on stage and he's talking about it all and then he announces that it's on mobile and where he, you can tell that he's expecting a positive reaction, it's dead yeah. silent, dead air. <laughs> and he, you can tell he has no clue what to do with himself. And then our, the, yeah. like the, you've seen the videos for it. The very first question they ask, like someone or one of the first questions that someone asks is, is this a really out of season April Fool's joke? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, holy crap. And then, yeah, they get booed. Wow. They get booed later on for that. I think I just kicked my mic stand. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Yeah, they get booed yeah, for it. And it's hilarious. Uh, it's there's so many other ways and so many other ways they could have gone about something like that. And I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that that the press on that is so bad and their stocks took like such a plummet that they announced that they're working on Diablo four. Like, Oh, did they really? Yeah. I've read it. So uh, I have to find a link to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that in two or three places now. Uh, yeah. Which if that's the case is what they should have done in the first place. Hey guys, we're well, working yeah. on Diablo four, but in the meantime, here's this awesome mobile game to play while we, you know, to tide you over. Like, yeah, exactly. Had if they would have done reaction. that, people would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know why uh, they didn't think about that. It's just like, yeah, go out there. They'll love it. <laughs> Do you not understand who your core audience is? Like, right. 75% plus of the Diablo players have to be PC, probably closer to the 80 or 90 percentile. Like, oh, yeah, uh, PC sure. gamers. And you're telling these people to go to the one platform they will most likely never play on, which is mobile. Right. <laughs> just, I, yeah, I don't understand people's progress. Anyway, I, I digress. So let's... No, dude. Yeah. I mean, I will probably install it and try it out just because. I mean, but... I will too. And I, don't, I won't feel good about it the whole time. But I'll right. <laughs> knowing that I'm just in a terrible place doing that. And I'm going against yeah. everything that I stand for, but it's Diablo. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Well, same thing for Elder Scrolls Blades or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll have to try it, but I'm sure it's going to last for less than a day right. on my phone, you know? Well, you know, the so. thing with, like, announcing, if they had announced Diablo 4, they wouldn't. all they would literally had to do is just say we're working on it. Uh, you look at, right. um, with Bethesda... All they gave us was like a, what, 20, 30 second clip of Elder Scrolls 6, a little bit of music and a landscape, and fans lost their freaking minds. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I, know. Don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why they didn't think that that, you know, was going to backfire even a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, whoever was in their marketing department that made that choice is probably not there anymore. I, I would hope so. Jeez. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Crazy. Um. Uh, Let's talk a little more about OMG Jam. Yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to play some of the other games? I played a couple of them. Um, I uh, I don't remember all of the ones I played. I definitely played yours, and uh, it was it was good. I love your art style; Thanks. it's getting a lot better. Your art. I remember, uh, you know, some of your early stuff that you were doing for the uh, uh, one game versus like now. Yeah. Your art has just way improved, and it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Thanks, that. man. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I played. I know I played Madikin's game, which his are always a blast. Um, oh yeah i picked up a couple others and I, I don't remember a lot of them but i mean there was some really solid stuff in there a lot of the same yeah. style of game but people right. you know it's always good to see different takes on even the same theme or even the same type of game you know there's always something different that's really cool so um, yeah i was surprised i didn't think rock and roll would be taken so literally i, I had um, a feeling it would, would but that was my first thought too was like well let's take it literally because that's cute yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I thought it'd be really cool to see a bunch of music games, and so that's why we picked that. Right. But well, the there reason is a couple. I guess that people may not have necessarily picked music is because it, uh, for a short period of time, that can be pretty daunting, especially if you don't have someone on on hand doing music. You know. Right. Uh, there were some pretty neat sure. music games in there. Um, you know. Yeah. So Manbeard Games, uh, his beat game. Yeah. Beats. That was, was super cool. fun. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like yeah. a DDR type game, but it's like dungeon crawler yeah, kind of that was awesome i would actually love to like see because that one reminded me of like uh crypt of the necrodancer oh okay which yeah which is just a really cool game i don't know if you've had a chance to play it but it's really good i don't yeah it's fantastic i've heard it's really good yeah, it's a lot of fun and it, it's it, it, you you move to the beat of the game and you have to uh watch the because all the enemies move in patterns and stuff like that and uh you're but you're having to constantly make sure you're moving in and beat with the game uh it's a music uh, plays okay. and each level the music changes and gets a little faster and um, but yeah, that's what it kind of reminded me of, which is really cool. Cause I love, I love nice. Necrodancer. It's a really sweet game. So I'll have to check that yeah, out. It's pretty solid. Fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the ones that I really liked was kick or treat. I don't know yes. if you, you yeah. played it. That was a good one too. Wow. The art style was just insane. Like it looked so professionally done. Yeah. Like yeah. that person who made it reality blind, yeah. they must've, uh, they must be like a professional artist or something. Yeah. Um, that one was really fun. I liked Legends Evolve as well, which is like kind of like a Galaga or whatever that one's called right. game where it's like really bitty and you're just shooting at enemies and that, you know, good explosions and particle effects and stuff. But yeah, overall, I was really happy with, with how it went. Yeah. It's just a little bit smaller than some of the other ones that we had, but yeah. still I mean, there some, some really solid entries. There were some really good ones. There were a couple that were just okay, but there was a lot of really good ones this time. So, yeah yeah i would say a lot less than last time though it was like half as many yeah which is probably good because because you didn't have you know well, it was just you doing it and you didn't have to do a six uh six hour stream <laughs> i think you were probably gonna yeah. be anticipating something closer to eight hours if you had to solo it but if everything kept going the way it had been i know yeah i actually like this I th- this is like the spot that i I feel comfortable with. Right. Otherwise, if we would have had 40 or more, I wouldn't have streamed, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you'd probably so. just have to have a rule for it. Like, you know, 30 entries, if you have, you know, more than 40, then you got to split it up, you know, by yeah. do 20 at a piece and have someone else stream them or something like that. Yeah, totally. And you have to make sure you give people the, the list of schedules so they know who's playing what. So, right. If you, especially if you're doing it at the same time. So, more coordination is always hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good jam. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited for OMG Jam Six because we've been talking, and I've been getting some opinions on the competitive aspect of it, seeing right. if we want to open up a competitive one. Yeah. So m- most people seem interested, at least like the consistent bunch that's been in there. Add that LD aspect to it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, especially if you have multiple tiers of. Uh ranking but that's also going to require, require people to actually go in and play them and rate them which we right. we don't get a, as many of as i i think we should um, yeah so i do feel a little bad because i haven't given many ratings but i figure the stream kind of takes care well, of yeah. that i mean yeah you have an excuse i don't i, I think <laughs> i only rated one or two and i should i mean i played more than one but i only reviewed one or two last time i there was like 60 entries and i got through like 50 of the games oh um, snap but this time yeah. i didn't get through as many um yeah, I, I mean, having a, a competitive um, game jam would be pretty cool, and that that itself might be enough uh, to get people to do the ratings. You know, if you want yours rated, you right. have to rate others. So, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I don't know exactly how Ludum Dare does it, but they definitely encourage the rating. Maybe it's kind of dependent on your rating or something, the, the rankings. Oh, and uh, speaking so. of OMG Jam 6, my guys wanted to ask, uh, what are the themes? <laughs> if you could just go ahead and give that oh, to wow. us now. <laughs> yeah, let me. We've really thought about that. <laughs> Man, that was so awesome in the Discord. You guys were just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I have a meme generator on the phone, so I was just finding any that might work. Just toss it oh, out okay. There. Yeah, that was awesome. It was just like constant. That's. Uh, I should put it the next time. Like, don't ask for themes ahead of time. Otherwise, I'm not going to post them the day before. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's always eye-opening, too, because like, the last OMG Jam, I went as serious as I possibly could in right. terms of like making resources and an FAQ and all this stuff. Yeah. And I wrote down like everything I thought that anyone could ask. And still, <laughs> everyone always asks all those questions. I'm like, did you even look at the Jam page? Come on. Nah, people never do. I know. I mean, you if can, you got to read anything. You can never prepare for everything either. So that's, yeah. uh, that's something I always learned as a, a DM for and D&D. Uh, oh. People will always do the things you don't expect, ask the questions you never expect. So yeah. do the things you don't want them to do. It's, it's a uh, normal. So <laughs> I think in D and D though, that's probably a good thing, right? It can be. It depends if you're a good DM. If you're not a good DM, oh, okay. it can throw you for a loop really hard. I've been, I've been <laughs> DMing for 20 years now. And oh, I mean, there have been complete, complete sessions, multiple sessions in a row where I've had to do literally everything on the fly. So wow. uh, the last campaign I was running, I had them, I, I was, you know, had them planned. I even put a lot of work into this one place. I was expecting them to go and I made the mistake of give them a choice. And they're like, no, let's go this way. And I'm like, well, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, just uh, everything on the fly. That's when I actually, uh, that's when I killed someone uh, for being dumb. That was my programmer, actually. He he uh, got himself killed in D&D because he ran off in the middle of the night in orc infested country when they're both, when they're all like level two. And uh, he's like, no, I want to get there. I'm just going to keep going. And the rest of the team uh, camped for the night, and he rolled poorly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Yeah. Have fun eating pizza or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he had to re-roll one and then meet up with him later. So, <laughs> Oh, man, that's uh, funny. It was, it was yeah. a lot of fun, yeah. So, yeah, nice. so, yeah I, I do d and I'm, I'm that kind of nerd, too. So. <laughs> Rhett, yeah, Rhett has tried to get me to do D and D a fun, couple dude. times. It's so much fun. I think I would like it. I just I think you'd love it. Have this weird, weird like comfort thing with role playing. Well, I mean, like, you don't have. I have in the group that I was running. I have a couple people that'll do some role play, and the others won't. I mean, it's it's normal. I mean, unless your yeah. DM specifically requires it. I'm a kind of DM who uh, I'll I'll reward people for good role play. So I think that oh, okay. it takes a little effort. So if you want to do it. Any kind of role play, I'll give you extra experience, or you know, maybe favor you in some roles for loot and things like that. So <laughs> that's awesome. So you know, uh, I also I also like... like to reward people for thinking outside the box. You know, yeah, there's too many totally. times that uh, you know people just attack everything brute force. You know, just hit it until it's dead. And sometimes, if you think outside the box, there's a better way around it. So yeah, it's a lot more fun sure. that way. Yeah, I'll have to give it another try. Yeah. The last one we did was like some futuristic like League of Shadows or something. <laughs> I don't know. And I ended up being like some guy that had like a super thick accent and I just felt like really awkward the whole time. <laughs> uh, I think the so. most I've ever done role play in one is was, uh, was one of the Call of Cthulhu ones. 
someone else was running. Uh-huh. And I, I played some Irish guy, and I kept the Irish accent the whole time, like three games in a row. <laughs> I don't know how I did it because I'm terrible at Irish accents, but I pulled it off. And then uh, now you gotta now you gotta show no, us. No, it's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I did another one where I, I was playing an orc uh, warrior and just trying to hold some kind of cliched orc accents always fun too so maggoty haggis is his name it's hilarious oh that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> so, uh, anyway, i don't know how so we got good. on D but there we are so <laughs> yeah man <laughs> uh it powers the world let's be real yeah i remember uh, playing it back when everyone thought it was like satanic too those were the good old days so. oh yeah see when i was a kid like my parents I'm sure they still think it's like satanic. So I wasn't allowed to play D and D, which is part of it. You know, um, there's kind of that misnomer about it back in the day. Like, I don't even like, did people think that they were like trying to summon the yeah, devil or something? That's kind like, of what the thought was is that, you know, cause it, it has to deal with magic and spell casting and demons and monsters and that kind of thing. And, uh, so it's something <laughs> along the lines of if it's, if it looks evil, it is evil kind of thing. You know, if it walks like yeah. a duck and talks like a duck, but right. uh, yeah, I had a back in high school. I had a girlfriend that was like way not into that thing, and so I'd always have to. It was the worst. I'd be playing D anD D, and she'd call and trying to tell everyone shut up, and, and they're like, <laughs> "Here, we're playing D anD D," yelling across the house. I'm like, "Shut up, guys! Shut up!" Oh, <laughs> uh, this is the good Get old days. Trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, nice. But yeah, um, you know, and so I, there was. There's always been that kind of. Uh, I don't know. People are crazy about that. It's, for me, it's like a video game without the TV. You know, right. it's uh, it's probably better for you because it really it's it forces you to uh, to think creatively and to solve problems like that. And it's a much better social experience a lot of times right. than most video games, especially if you do direct tabletop. I mean, there's great programs like Roll Twenty where you can do everything online, but if you can get an actual tabletop game going, there's nothing like it. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I love a good board game night. Yeah. I have plenty of board games, but in fact, we have um, Arkham Horror, which I think is. I've played that. That's pretty. Have solid. you played yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty solid. I've got a friend who uh, he orders all kinds of Kickstarter games and every other board game and paints miniatures. Uh, he's in one in oh, the nice. Year of Art channel, Takavi or whatever. He's the one always painting miniatures. Uh, oh, so okay, yeah. We used to have uh, game nights every other week, and he's got a crazy work schedule right now, so we haven't been able to. But I'm pretty sure we've done Arkham Horror once or twice, and just all kinds of other stuff. A lot of stuff that most people never heard of. So, <laughs> a lot of really <laughs> cool things, though. Yeah, there's so many good board games. Like you could never, yeah, you could never play them all. Just like video games, yep. like, and that's hard too, because it's not like a hard drive where you have unlimited storage space. Yeah. Like, you got to put them in your closet. <laughs> Well, it also doesn't help that my game library continues to grow while my time to play them continues to shrink. I know. I don't know why I keep yeah. buying games, but I do, and I can't seem to stop. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the same for like most men that are between the age of like sixteen and you know forty right. or something. Like Steam really got us, and we just can't stop. Like, but I, I like I don't remember the the last 30 games i bought on steam i know i have 30 more than i remember i like I had 180 <laughs> games i think in my library which is actually pretty small compared to a lot of people but i had under, yeah. i had 150 at the beginning of this year and i even said i'm not going to buy any more steam games really until i beat some more i haven't beat another game yet and i have 33 more games than i had <laughs> i don't know what happened that's just on uh on steam not it's not including you know xbox with the the 
their game pass and all that stuff too so i've just got too many yeah. games to play and then we got fallout Dude, coming out in a couple days so gonna have to do that oh and... snap boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah at a certain point it's almost like anxiety it inducing because really then you're like you got this gigantic library, and and I always feel like I never know what I want to play. That's the worst. And so then dude. I, I sit there and I look around, and then I end up just not playing yep. anything because I can't pick. That is the absolute like... worst. Is uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what the name is for it, but it's the worst. Whenever you want to, you know, you want to play a game. You definitely want to play a game, uh, but you don't know what to play, and like nothing just pops out at you like you're expecting it to. It's it's just man. It's the worst. It's really <laughs> like just it's depressing, really. Like knowing like yeah. I want to be playing a video game right now, but instead I spend three hours looking at my Steam library, the same games scroll up, scroll down, scroll up, scroll down, scroll up, scroll down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll install that one. Okay, I don't want to play it, but it's installed now, so <laughs> Right. Just in case. Just in case I change yeah. my mind. So See, yeah, I think that's why I have so many games is because when I was younger. I used to just buy anything that was on sale and be like, you know, one day I might want to play this, oh, yeah. but not today. Those summer like... sales are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, I've got way too many games from the summer sales. I have so many games I've never even played. Yeah, same And period. the thing is that the games that have the most hours, there's there's several games. There's like two or three games that have like 99% of my total time played between like three or four games, you know? Yeah. Like, well, that's how how I am too, and one of those games is Dota, which is free. Yeah, it's like I think my most nice. played game for Steam is probably like Eve Online, which is like eight hundred hours, and that's just that account. I have like two other accounts that aren't Steam related. Um, oh, jeez. And then Space Engineers is somewhere like four hundred hours. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got several hundred logged into Age of Empires. Oh, Age yeah, of Empires man. two, by the way, not not three. Yes, three is garbage. Yes, two is, two is king. <laughs> you know, I won't say three is garbage, but it wasn't. Two. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't like good. So, <laughs> <laughs> I still i I bought it uh, again on Steam yeah, just in case I wanted it. You know, of course you have to. <laughs> That's not the point. Uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I have a bunch uh, of roguelike games too that I probably got a couple hundred hours in. I just know, like, I know that um, there's only two or three games coming out in the near future that I intend to dump a bunch of time into, but that doesn't really do me any good, so. Um, yeah. You know, Anthem's probably going to be pretty sweet. I know that when um, Elder Scrolls Six comes out, you won't see me for at least a few weeks, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah. I got to just hold out for those big ones, uh, although with Humble Bundle, that's where I'm, what I get is Humble Bundles, and. I'm always tempted for that because it's like, oh, you know, it's only 15 bucks and I get 12 games. Well, and it's even worse now. Honestly, it's even worse now because it's like, oh, there's some stuff on Humble. Oh, and I can can support GDQ at the same time. So, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Let's buy some games. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, get out and buy more games you won't play, guys. Oh, my gosh. It's it's awesome, really. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, speaking of not having time to do anything, whatever it is that you want to do you i i know there's quite a few young people in our channel uh not saying we're not young but they don't have to deal with with family management as well and i know you have a couple kids and are married and you just bought a house so you're super busy what kind of tips do you have for people who are super busy and you know that have to tuck their kids in at night and all that kind of stuff what what do you do to make it so that you can 
work on games with all that other stuff going on. I think the the biggest thing is um, to schedule your time uh, around around your family. So if you've got a you know, and there will be other game devs that have the same problem, but um, <clears throat> family does have to certainly come first in that situation. You know, you can always work out times with your partner that's going to work for you as well. For me, um, I've got it set. Pretty much the schedule is, uh, you know, I, I'm up when, and spend time with the family until about 9 p.m. Um, and then I've got till about midnight before I go to bed. And that's when I uh, that's when I do any game dev or playing games and things like that. Um, because, you know, I, I've done the thing in the past with uh, past relationships and stuff with video games and way letting it interfere with uh, with the relationship where it takes over. And I've actually seen that become a problem. My uh, my mom, when she got married the second time, she uh, got married to a guy who was a really good guy, but then he got hooked on uh, EverQuest. Um, gotcha. And it, it completely just ruined their relationship because that was all he ever did. Um, and so, you know, uh, I took that and thought, well, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice something somewhere to be able to do the things I want. And I sacrifice a little bit of sleep, but I don't need a lot anyway. <laughs> and I, I, I work, I function just fine off five or six hours. I always have. Um, and so, you know, I, I spend the time with them, uh, and then I get the kids to bed and say goodnight to the wife I and mean, we'll watch a show or something together. And then it's, you know, I'll have my time and that's my time. And my wife knows that's, you know, she recognizes that as my time as well. She doesn't give me a hard time about staying up late to play video games or anything like that because she knows that I've sacrificed that, uh, for like my sleep schedule to have my own personal time so that I have that because I don't let that interfere with the family at all. You know, and there's times on the weekends where, you know, it's a whatever time and the baby's taking a nap and I'll just go play games and it's not a big deal. But uh, throughout the week, you, you know, you have to know when you can, when you can make that time and when it's not going to affect your relationships or your family, because that's what's, that's what causes problems. That's where people have the big problems. And it's not going to be easy. You know, if you're working full time, like I am the nine to five, and then you've got a family to deal with and, and all that. Um, it's definitely not easy to find time to do that, especially if you require more sleep or anything like that. But, uh, in that case, it just comes down to a scheduling thing, you know, talk to your, your wife or your husband or whatever you, and, you know, work something out. It's a partnership. That's what you signed up for. Um, if they're, right. if they're supporting your goals and your dreams, like you're supporting theirs, then they're going to know that, uh, there's time that they're going to have to sacrifice of their own personal time what would normally be with you so that you can work on what you're working on. Um, and it's especially true if it's something like, you know, game development, which has the potential to grow into something more. It's maybe not as true with, uh, playing video games. Um, I mean, unless you're just good enough to do that for a living, then, you know, but if you're doing that, then you're probably not doing game dev. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so if it's that kind of thing, I think it really comes down to, you're going to have to sacrifice. Someone's going to have to sacrifice something somewhere. And there has to be commu communication between um, you and your spouse about where that time is going to be. And then you can't let it affect uh, negatively on your family. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to let it uh, take time away from your kids or, or your wife or you need, cause you have to have that quality time to make a family function. So it's really comes down to communication. You hear those old people all the, all the time talking about, you know, what's the key to a happy marriage. And they always say communication and it's hundred percent true. I've been married 11 years now and, um, you know, we've definitely had our ups and downs. The first couple of years are great. Uh, we had some couple of years in there that were not, they were not great at all. And, uh, you know, it, it has its ups and downs. 
And it's, it's so that all comes down to communicating those things. You know, I, I tell my wife, as soon as there's a, an announcement for a game jam, I go straight to my wife and say, the game jams this weekend. Can we make that work? And we talk about it from there. You know, if I feel like that, I really need to get some time in on game development or play some games or something like that. You know, I just go to her and say, uh, I need to work on some game dev. Uh, you know, can I do it this time? Or are we good if I work on it, you know, between these couple hours on Saturday or something like that? You know, it's just communication. So totally solid, man. Yeah. That's that's the best. That's ex- I can what give, I so. kind of. Ex- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you got 11 years of experience. That's that's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty extensive. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's why like I emphasize with the uh, with the game jam, make sure you're talking to your family and yeah. setting yourself up for success and and setting the expectations um, both ways. You know, like it's it's uh, communicating how much time you expect to to take on that thing and then how much time you can kind of sacrifice so that you right. can still spend time with them. Well, and I also try to encourage it's... people not to get distracted during those times. If you're setting aside specific time for game development for example um yeah that's not time to just be watching you know cat videos on youtube right you know, that's that's time that you need to be dedicating to that because that's time someone else sacrificed so that you could have it you know that's the way yeah. i think about it if i'm working on a day that i normally wouldn't be able to work on game dev i put everything i can into it because that's time that my wife sacrificed and my kids sacrificed to have with me where i'm working on that instead and so right. that's something you got to keep in mind. It was the same with the, the when we do our game dev um, <clears throat> with my crew, we uh, we do two two or three nights a week, depending on the week. And uh, we'll do just a, two or three hours on most nights. But, you know, I've encouraged them that while we're doing this, um, you know, cell phones uh, on vibrate away, um, you know, YouTube videos restricted to maybe some music or tutorial videos. You know, we don't need to be getting distracted by everything else because we're we're here doing a certain thing right now, and this is something we've all yeah. decided we're going to do. So we need to limit the distractions. I, you know, I usually like I don't even have my phone on me. I'll have it charged in the other room, and I'll have um, I'll have a tab with Facebook pulled up on the other side just so I can see if my wife messages me. You'll see it ping, and that's it. That's the only notification I have, and it's not even a noisy notification. It's silent. So yeah, you know. I try to limit distractions big time because I'm a very, I'm a person who's very easily distracted. So I have to force myself <laughs> to not get distracted. It's really easy to load right. up YouTube and just watch whatever. I, it's not so much Facebook anymore. Cause I haven't used Facebook in a long time. I, I have it for messenger yeah. and that's the only thing I use it for. And to say happy birthday to people. Other than that, <laughs> I don't, I don't look at, I haven't looked at Facebook. I think I stopped using it in January this year. Um, yeah. it's not even, you know, it's not even something I go to anymore. So, um, yeah, I logged into Facebook like I don't remember exactly why it was a couple months ago, and I had like I don't know 600 notifications yeah, like, or something. I'll go in I'm every like... couple months to, to clear notifications. Um, yeah, <laughs> mostly just I won't even look at most of them. Uh, if there's something yeah, I same. expect, like if my wife posted something, like you know we bought the house, she posted something on Facebook, I know it, so I'm tagged in it. I log in to clear a couple of those and to you know leave a reaction on it, and that's it. I you know. I just don't, yeah. there's not enough, uh, social media, it has its purpose and I don't think people use it right anymore. So I know um, it's so easy to get wrapped up in it yeah, and just get mad. It's, pretty so, bad. And it's yeah. the same with Twitter. I was using it for a long time and I kind of stopped and I may, some social media is a necessary evil though, you know, when it comes to marketing and things like that, but I'm not marketing yep. anything right now, so I'm not using it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it sounds like you guys are semi-serious with uh at least you working as a team we're trying to be 
can you talk a little bit about some of the goals for, I guess, are you a studio at this point or just a group of guys? Mostly just a group of guys. Um, I guess we'd probably be closer classified as hobbyists. We'd, you know, anything we make right now is only going to make it to places like itch.io or game jolt. Um, mm-hmm. our ultimate goal for sure is to sell a game, something on steam and nice. or mobile, depending on what we make. I think our, our big goal for all of us would be to, to make some kind of RPG. I, I don't know what, uh, scope that would actually take, but I mean, it's certainly going to yeah. be no oblivion or Skyrim or something with a three man team, but <laughs> you know, I think we could probably come up with something. Uh, my ultimate goal certainly is to, uh, do game dev full time. You know, I don't, I don't, awesome. <clears throat> I don't want to be. I mean, it'd be great, but I don't necessarily need to be some millionaire. You know, I don't need to sell the next game that's going to break the market. Uh, for me, if I can make uh, even a little bit less than what I make right now at my current job, it would be enough for me. Uh, you know, just to do game dev full time versus what I'm doing now. You know, so yeah. I don't even need a lot, just enough to pay the bills. I'd be happy doing that. You know, I don't, I don't have for to sure. be a millionaire doing it. I'd, it's not necessary, so. That's awesome. Well, so that's the goal. As, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's anything that we can do to help you guys out, yeah, of course, let us know. Yeah, we'll support you any way we can. Sweet. I mean, um, anything we release, we'll obviously be announcing. And I got to try to find good times to re- even the Roomba game. I got to find good times to release it so more people can see it and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it'd be really cool if one day we had a studio and an office to go to and. We could move Sinoi uh, back down here from Maine and and work together, but um, yeah, I was gonna ask. So, are two of you in Texas and one is? Yeah, and we all used to live then? right around here. Um, you know, there's a oh, bunch okay. of small towns around where we live, and Sinoi moved off towards Maine to live with his uh, his family, and and then um, when Heavy got married, he moved down to uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. So he's living gotcha. there now. Um, so yeah, two of us are still in Texas, uh, but he the other one's up in Maine right now. Uh, it'd be cool to actually have a physical place to work though somewhere set aside from the office and stuff like that in, in the house you know uh, i'd like to have yeah, an actual sure. place to go to you know <clears throat> uh listen to uh coffee with butterscotch and you can just tell how much of an improvement it's made being able to work in an actual physical office not not yeah. just seth's basement you know so, <laughs> so. yeah totally and uh so that would be really cool to be able to work in an office and uh, have a set schedule where I go do game dev for a living. I think that'd just be the ultimate goal, you know? So, yeah. Would you consider, um, getting, getting a game dev job with another studio if something like that came up or are you mostly looking, uh, to do something with you three? Well, I mean, I would except for, I, I honestly don't think I have the experience in any specific area to be qualified to work with a game dev studio. That's what it comes down to. Um, yeah. I, when it, when it really gets down to the nitty gritty, I realize how little I know all the time, and it's not really great. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> man, I think that's how we all feel, though. Right. You know, like we all feel like imposters. It's just part of being a game dev, and that's part of like just how much that's out there that none of us can all know. Right. But that's also know? the beauty of being so. in an indie dev is that you don't have to let other people know just how bad you are at it. Because all they see (laughs) is the end product. They don't see what it took to get to the end product. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely an important distinction between working for a studio and an indie dev, especially because as an indie dev, you're uh, entitled to have the imposter syndrome going on, you know, because you can. 
Uh, it's not always a great idea to do that for a professional studio because uh, they're probably going to catch on after a while. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some jobs that you can fake it till you make it. Uh, but when someone tells me they need me to do a very specific task in programming and I have no idea what they're talking about, there's probably going to be an issue. And I doubt they're going to want me looking up YouTube videos to figure it out. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel too. Like I've I've applied for programming jobs, and, right? You know, all that kind of stuff, and you just look at the requirements, and you're just like. Okay. Well, and, <laughs> yeah, I've applied this. for some before too, and then I spend the next three months terrified until I realize they're not going to call me. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it is for me too. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, but I, I do think that, um, especially if you can get on as like a junior developer somewhere, right? I think it's probably worth it because if you have that, that title, they know that mo- most of it, I think, is just like you having the passion and um drive to continue learning and everything and and typically like you'll be set up to advance a little bit once you've uh once you've learned more right so if anything for me like someone who doesn't have a computer science degree when i start applying for programming jobs i'm gonna probably target ones that are junior related since i don't have any experience you know yeah. so any professional experience anyways right but it's that and building up the portfolio, which you're doing. Right. So. And, you know, I actually realized that I, I didn't uh, until if you include the game jam games, I actually have five games that I've actually finished and put out, Heck which yeah, is kind of neat. That's awesome. Um, that's three game jam neat. games and, you know, a couple other ones. And the other games are total crap, but that's what it's all about. You have to make a lot <laughs> of crap before you make something good. I, you know, I was, yeah, I was talking to, uh, um, I was talking to my guys about, uh, the uh i can't remember the name of the video or the movie it's on it was on netflix for a while the one about where uh, like super meat boy and fez and braid oh yeah um Um, about how like i know what um, you're talking about you know like with the super meat boy those guys uh before they ever made meat boy they put out a ton they made a ton of really just crap i remember reading about it they made a ton of crap games before they finally came up with something that was awesome you know it's, Mm -hmm. it's 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 rare I would say, if ever, that a game developer hits the nail on the head the first time, you know, right? Uh, you have to make a bunch of garbage before before you make something really awesome. So, mm-hmm. you know, every single one of those, you know, big name devs, and I guarantee you, most of the programmers and artists and everything in in like Bethesda or Bioware, they probably made a bunch of crap before they ever made it into <laughs> game dev. Uh, you know, with a large studio that was making you know, triple A titles that, you know, rock to market. It's uh, for sure. It's just not something you, you nail. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that Minecraft was not his first game. And no, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> I doubt that it, you know, and obviously he's a phenomenon, but I highly doubt that was the very first game that he ever made. Yeah, man. You just got to crap it all out. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually you'll get there. Well, and, you know, we were, I was talking to my brother about it the other day. We we're talking about how, if I ever did want to get a job with uh, another studio, um, it'd be a lot easier to show them a portfolio of like 150 games, regardless of whether they're crap, uh, because then they can say, well, at least this guy does a lot of work. You know, he has a lot of experience yeah. because we can physically see there's this long list of games, you know, 90% of them are garbage, which is fine, but there's a couple that are really good, but he's obviously applied himself several times over and over and has a lot of experience doing it. So if nothing else, it sh- if nothing else, it it's a marker to show that I've at least done stuff, 
you know right because if you don't if you don't publish that stuff or you don't finish those games there's no proof that you ever did it especially if you lose the files so right you know, all it takes is one good computer crash and not backed up data and you literally have no proof of it ever happening you know right. i can tell you about a game that i made and it was awesome but i don't have any proof for it and you know what is there to say that it yeah you know, i could just be talking about my butt so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah so so build totally, those portfolios got to build the portfolios every that's single right. game that's what we're all doing every single game yep. is worth it it's worth something even if it's a crap game every game jam game is worth worth its weight in gold absolutely for sure cool well uh i can't believe it but we're almost at an hour wow yeah that was pretty <laughs> Went quick. by fast yeah do you have any other topics you want to touch on? Uh, I was actually going to ask you. I don't know if uh, if any if you've ever answered this one on podcast before, but it's something I've uh, thought out. Um, if you had one game you could make, what's your dream game? Like, if you had one game to actually, whether it was with a stu- a large studio or by yourself, what was the what would be the one game that you would want your name to be on? Man, that's kind of tough. I mean, I've thought about a lot of different ideas. Yeah. Um, I definitely would want to make a game that had a message with a lot of the stuff I talked about on the podcast anyways. Right. Something that calls people to action, especially in regard to climate change. Yeah. Um, so maybe some sort of like RPG or something that has this overarching story that uh, is kind of about a doomed world. And it's all doomed basically at the cause uh, or by the people in the story. So yeah. kind of righting the wrongs of their, their race or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like it, it'd be 2d for sure. It'd be pixel, yeah. pixel art. It might even be like a point and click game. Yeah. Um, cause those are super story rich. Yeah. Well, they certainly and can be, yeah. that's when I first started making games. The, the very first game I ever made, uh, I got a grant in college yeah. to work with a team of, uh, it was an artist and a musician, and then I like was I didn't know how to program, but I learned ActionScript, hmm. uh, which is like the Flash programming language. Yep. And we made this little point-and-click adventure game that only had two levels, but it was a lot of fun. And I I played a lot of games that were point-and-click games like Machinarium and Samorost and uh, stuff like that, and just fell in love with the kind of like goofy art style and being able to tell stories without saying words. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really cool. So I could see myself doing a point and click game in the future. I definitely would also want to make an RPG, but things that are very like environment focused, kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. I love games with great environment. Um, just like losing yourself in, in this like vast environment is, is a really cool yeah. feeling. Yeah, it can be, so it can be almost therapeutic sometimes. So, you know, yeah. sometimes it's great to just wander around games like that. Uh, not necessarily have anything going on. Just, you know, see what happens. That's normally right. how I play like Skyrim and stuff. I seldom follow mm-hmm. quest lines. I just go <laughs> wherever <laughs> yeah. it takes me. So that's cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. I don't know. I don't have a, like a, you know, a lot of people have that one game that they've been thinking about making for like a really long time. Yep. I've never been someone who's like been really attached to a single idea. I just kind of go with the flow. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty but... cool. <laughs> I mean, if you can have a game with a message, <clears throat> if you have a game that can, you know, say something more than just, you know, uh, the standard cliches, then 
it's got to be worth it in the long run. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, like if I ever was able to work for myself doing game development, I would want to put out a lot of kind of protest kind of games. Yeah. Like, honestly, so actually, last night we watched this episode of South Park. Mm hmm. Uh, it's from the new season and it was about school shootings Right. and like the way that they just like their satire works, it was like so dark, but so true. Yeah. I, and like to be able to hit a huge audience with like a positive message and, and potentially have the ability to make people change over right something that we deeply care about. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I would just love to be able to do that. So that's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the only one I had, unless you're going to give us the themes for next game jam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what they are. Maybe we won't even do themes. That'll we'll just throw it on its head. Didn't you? Isn't that how you did the first two? Yeah, first two we didn't have any themes, and people kept asking about yeah. it. And we were like, "Well, the theme is like you you have one mechanic," and everyone was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> yeah, I started with the third one, so I've only ever known themes. So, gotcha. I like doing themes; it's pretty yeah. fun. But I th- it gives yeah. you at least something to to point at, and like I mean, like you've seen, you can have the you yeah. can have one theme, and you'll have thirty completely different games sometimes. So, yeah, exactly. It's pretty sweet. Yep. Well, cool. I think that puts us up against the clock here. So we'll cool. go ahead and wrap things up. Thanks again yeah. for being on the podcast, Josh. Hey, my secret weapon. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Good talking to you. Um, yeah. Oh, if you have any, I know we talked about not using social media, but if you have anything you want to shout out. Uh, um, I mean, you. Uh, I guess the uh, my games right now that I have out are going to be posted at uh, gamejolt.com at my secret weapon game. So that's gamejolt.com forward slash at my secret weapon forward slash games and then uh mswgames.itch.io and then uh I mean, if anyone needs to reach me personally i mean my email mswgames at gmail.com so i always take emails nice yeah that's, that's MS- actually uh, yeah that was how and, we met <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah I remember that i've what like maybe 20 or 30 episodes in i first messaged you guys and yeah dude yeah. You were so I think we shouted you out on the podcast at that point, yep. but you were like one of the first people to email us, and then you and I had like this back and forth, like rich conversation. <laughs> For a while, yeah, 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 it was pretty good stuff. So. It was good stuff. I was like, man, we have some cool people listening to the show. Yeah, and look at now you're on. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's how you do it, guys. You actually have to communicate, <laughs> take right. that step forward. So yeah, not that it's like a dream for anyone to be on, but <laughs> yeah, I I. Uh, I ever since I started listening to podcasts, I always thought it'd be pretty cool to be on one yeah. and that to be, you know, to be a, a guest co-host on one right now is flipping awesome. Yeah, so, man. <laughs> like, that's just, <laughs> I think it's great. Like, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Cool. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I, I never would have thought that I would have had, uh, actually I've been on three separate podcast, uh, maybe four separate podcasts. I never would have thought I would have been on one, but all thanks to Rhett just saying, you know what? We can do this. For and for a while, no one listens to you, but that doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> so I mean, I always thought it'd be cool to start one, but I I I wouldn't know where to begin half the time. So yeah, you just got to start I don't talking. Have a, I don't necessarily have a topic for a podcast either. So you guys are you guys are on what eighty six, eighty seven podcasts now? Yeah, you're episode eighty seven. Dang. Yep. Will you do anything special for a hundred? 
Uh, we've been talking about some ideas, but I, most of it is like, I, I have a goal to have a website up at episode a hundred, but wow, yeah. it's coming, coming up quick and I'm not oh, yeah. even close. Very so. quick. How many weeks do we have left in the year? Not many. Yeah. Right. Two, three, four, five, like seven weeks left. So you'll be in the nineties. Yep. So Soon. early next year, you're going to hit a hundred. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Can't believe it, man. <laughs> Anyways. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out today. Um, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at GameDevsQuest. Email gdq at airpodcast.com. What else we got? I'm used to Rhett doing all this stuff. Uh, uh, anytime bundle. you guys find a yeah, any time you guys find a humble bundle uh, that you like, make sure to use the Bitly link bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble, and uh, you can send some money their way. Uh, help keep the podcast going. Nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, also join the Discord, bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. We have over 300 people in there Heck yeah. now, which is crazy. So we got a lot of awesome developers. Really fun yeah. getting to know everybody. And you never know, you might end up being on a podcast talking to us. So All right. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, All right. have a good week. Cue that music. There it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>